Welcome everyone to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with myself, Jim, Denver Dave and Punk Raider. We're here to talk about the NFL boys. How are we doing this evening? Tired. It's one of them weeks, isn't it? Is it? A bloody long week. Post, yeah. post playoff, us, blue, blue Monday. You know what I mean? It's just... <laughs> it was wrong with Dave. Them, isn't it? You can't complain for a week. Oh, no. It's talking just... about Dave. <laughs> no, it's it's having a little one who's got more energy than I have and, you know, the usual stuff. You Most rocks have got there. more energy than you have, but uh, yeah, yeah, okay. That's true. Okay. Well, we're and here, guys. The fact, to... that the, NFL, the fact that the NFL season has finished as well, and there's no football on. <laughs> like all of us. It might as well be over. Yeah. We're yeah. here to talk about wildcard weekends and all the games that happened. Uh, before we do that, we're going to do some news because stuff happened in the last week since we did the last podcast. Um, the first one being the Texans have fired David Cully on Thursday. A move that came four days after Houston wrapped a four and thirteen campaign in his first season as head coach. I came to this difficult but necessary decision after reviewing our football operation. Texas GM Nick Casario said in a statement released by the team: "While a change after one season is unusual, we had philosophical differences over the long-term direction and vision of our program moving forward. We appreciate Coach Cully for helping us navigate through a difficult season. But it's my responsibility to make decisions that I feel are best for our organization." Cully told Houston media outlet Sports Talk Seven Ninety and KRIV TV. They had three years left in his contract and his salary is guaranteed. I'll just let you know as well, offensive coordinator Tim Kelly was also fired uh, in that move. Bit of an interesting one. Obviously, David Cully wasn't anyone's first choice to be the head coach this year. It was a a tank year anyway. Um, Then Tyra Taylor gets injured in the first week, I think it is, of the season or second week of the season after they, uh, they beat the Jags in week one. But they managed to come out of it with that 4-13 and record that no one expected. And, uh, yeah, they've given Cully the heave-ho. It's four, four wins more than most people thought they would get. Um, my first thought when I heard about this, though, is that uh, how much of this is to try and appease or placate um, uh, the Derek Watson. Watson? Because, yeah, Watson was saying uh, the season before that he wanted to be involved in more running of the club. And now, of course, they've got a brand new GM and things like that. So is there possibly a way back for Deshaun Watson? Personally, I don't think so. But maybe maybe that's part of it. I don't know. It's the Texans. Who cares, man? (laughs) They're going to be rubbish for years to come. Well, they've got to think, right? I mean, if they keep Deshaun Watson, they instantly become a significantly better team and become relevant again. We're only one season removed from them being a regular playoff appearance team, despite Bill O'Brien. So, yes, it might only be the Texans, but give it a couple of years. And, I mean, they've actually got draft picks this year. You know what I mean? It's revolutionary. (laughs) So it's going to be at least two or three years before they're even relevant. Yeah, well, I mean, we could say that about all of our teams. (laughs) Let's let's be fair. (laughs) Uh, one other piece of news the Seattle Seahawks have fired defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr. and defensive passing game coordinator Andre Curtis a significant shake-up to Pete Carroll's coaching staff on the heels of the team's worst season in more than a decade the Seahawks announced the moves on Tuesday Seattle's already begun its search for a new defensive coordinator requesting permission to speak with Denver Broncos defensive coordinator Ed Donatell according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler Donatell has coordinated and coached NFL secondaries for decades a Seattle soft spot in recent years and has history with Carroll at multiple spots. So they can have him? Um, They can have him. He he hasn't done play calling for about five or six years. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all been head coaches that we've had. Um, Ken Norton Jr., obviously his dad's the famous boxer who fought Muhammad Ali, etc., etc. But he's a former Raider, right? 49er. Was he not at the Raiders as well? No. Was he not? I was going to say. He sounds like a NASCAR driver. 
<laughs> Ken Norman's. <laughs> Here comes Ken Norman Jr. Going to turn four. Uh, maybe. I thought he was a Raider. That was terrible. Reason. I don't know. <laughs> Um, no, he's a linebacker yeah. for the 49ers. Um, him and Patrick Willis kind of. Oh, no, I wasn't, talk, I wasn't talking playing. I was talking coaching. I thought oh, he coaching. was a defensive coach at the Raiders. I was going to say, is he any good? Uh, no, as, as, a, as a. Yeah, we had him as a coach for a mm. couple of seasons. Mm. He was all right. You know, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of if you've got really good players, your coach tends to be really good. But if you've got really bad players, your coach tends to take a lot of blame. Um, so you know, I, I, I personally never had a problem with him. I've always liked his intensity. He's very kind of Mike Singletary in, in his intensity, but then they coached together at San Francisco as well. So, you know, he's, uh, he was always a good, decent linebacker though. Fair play. Well, I mean, judging by the recent success of the Seattle defense, it's no surprise he's lost his job. So (laughs) yeah, it's not, it's not a shock, but he'll get, he'll get a job somewhere else. Linebackers coach or. Whatever, and then then build his way back again. One other thing, then, boys, before we go on to the uh, game reviews, is we're going to do a bit of felony watch. Felony watch. Ooh, what Raiders? What what the Raiders been up to? I wish I could say that was the case, but it's not. (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars linebacker Lorente McRae was arrested in Central Florida early Sunday morning, following a high-speed pursuit after police attempted to pull him over. Uh, McRae was booked into the Lake County Jail in Tavares, Tavares, Florida, and released next morning after paying a $5,000 bond. He was charged with fleeing slash eluding police with disregard for safety to personal property, a second degree felony, and also issued a caution for speeding, according to the booking report. Um, According to Fruitland Park Police Department, a police officer observed a white Dodge Ram pickup truck traveling at 88 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone just before 1 a.m. on Sunday. The officer tried to initiate a traffic stop, but the driver used an expletive hand gesture using their middle finger and continued driving. Uh, there was a car <laughs> chase before he eventually stopped and was taken to a hospital after looking in an altered mental state, in air quotes there. McRae is scheduled to become a free agent in March, having played two seasons in Denver and one in Buffalo before signing with the Jags in 2017. Guess who's not getting a new deal next year? <laughs> Indeed. I mean, there'll always be a place on him on the Chiefs. I mean, get a Fenley watch, it's guaranteed. To be fair, it, it sounds like he thought he was in a DeLorean, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good joke. Like nice. That. Nice. Maybe he's trying to go back to the beginning of the season and actually play decently. Uh, it's going back a couple of seasons when they yeah. had Blake Bortles and they got to the NFC Championship game. 2018. 2018, yeah. Uh, one more piece of the felony watch then, guys. Cleveland Browns defensive tackle Malik McDowell was arrested on Monday in Florida, again in Florida, and charges of aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting arrest with violence and public exposure, according to an online record from the Broward Sheriff's Office. According to the arrest report, McDowell beat a deputy in a violent attack that left the officer dazed and fearing for a permanent injury in his right eye. McDowell's been held on a $27,000 bond, according to the online record. He reported getting a call on a naked man walking near a school, later to be determined as a children's learning centre that was in session. When confronted, McDowell charged at police full speed with closed fist, according to the report, leaving a deputy injured. I'm sure it was a very uh, physically fit deputy there in in, uh, Broward County, Florida. The officer said he was unable to avoid McDowell's attack or use any de-escalation tactics. McDowell slammed into the officer and punched him in the right eye and on top of the head, According to the report, McDowell then fled, but eventually was shocked with a taser and handcuffed. Uh, McDowell's had several instances in the past as well of uh, run-ins with the law. It seems to have stemmed from a head injury. Uh, he had an ATV crash 
about four years ago, I think it was. Um, I'm not saying it's not right that he's wandering around Florida with his, his uh, self-exposed, but <laughs> near a school. But um, yeah, he was given the kind of last, last, last chance by the Browns. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's got to be a lot to that story. I mean, <laughs> I skipped on some we've bits. All had some, yeah, we've all had some mental nights out, but I can't say many of us have been caught naked outside of a school. Charging at police with fists. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever charged naked <laughs> at a policeman and twatted him across the back of the head, to be honest. But I mean, we've like... all ran naked away from a policeman, obviously. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who's without absolutely. I call those days Fridays. Um, but no, other than that, no. So yeah, good luck to him. I hope he sorts himself out. That's all mm. I've got to say. Mm. And that was Felony Watch, guys. <laughs> so let's move on from that craziness. Does it, does it seem like the season sort of ended? Um, everyone's been sent out into the wild and there's a little bit of uh, recreational celebrating going on maybe there is that problem always uh, during the off season yeah. that's why you get so many arrests during the off season because they've got so much spare time and like free money or free time and spare money even with that then we're going to talk about the wildcard games we're going to start we're going to go in order because why not uh, to the first game of the wildcard weekend and Cincinnati won their first playoff game in 31 years with a back-and-forth game against the Las Vegas Raiders. After eight consecutive postseason defeats at the first hurdle, the Bengals will be playing in a divisional game. The Raiders got a field goal on their opening drive, but wouldn't lead again. CJ Uzama caught a touchdown for the Bengals before a Derek Carr fumble was only punished with a field goal. The teams exchanged field goals before Joe Burrow got his second touchdown pass of the game, this one to Tyler Boyd. A Zay Jones touchdown catch for Las Vegas meant it was a seven-point lead for the home team at half-time. The second half saw two more field goals apiece before the Raiders chanced to tie the game with the final drive of the game. They converted two third downs, including a third and 17, but some questionable play calling saw all shots at the end zone fail and the final score, Raiders 19, Bengals 26. I'm going to hand the floor now to Punk to uh, give his thoughts on the game. Frustrated. We had, we, 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 ha- we beat ourselves. Well, a combination of the refs who I'll moan about later and ourselves beat ourselves um it was ridiculous you know it's i mean to be honest it's the same old problems we've had all season isn't it red zone um seven offensive trips in the red zone one touchdown that's not good enough you Mm -hmm. can't do that in the playoffs field goals do not win games um defensively we weren't dreadful you know since you've got a pretty high powered offense as we've seen Yep. So actually, especially second half, kind of holding them to field goals was was exactly what was required. But we just couldn't get it going on offense at all, really. Um, I mean, on his 13 carries, Josh Jacobs had 84 yards. So my immediate question is, why did he only have 13 carries? You know, <laughs> it was it was quite obvious that he was he was getting big chunks. And, and was able to run on the defence. So, you know, call more running plays. Um, I mean, really, I, I, really not that complicated, to be honest. I completely agree. There was 13 rushes by Josh Jacobs, none by any other running back, none. I mean, Jalen Richard, I understand with the whole, um, what was it, pump reception or kickoff receptions, trying to stand out of bounds, all that. That was Peyton Barber. Was it Peyton Barber? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Okay, so therefore you've got three former Jupe. day one starters in the NFL because Peyton Barber yep. and Jalen Michelle both previously been starters on other teams yep. and yet none of them get a rush in a playoff game yep. where you're where your running backs averaging 6.4 yards and then Derek Carr had one rush for 20. I'm yep. sorry it feels weird that you're not running the ball more. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 it, it was it was very, very strange to be honest, the play calling all the way through, and especially at the end there. You know, there were there were that last play, that inception, uh, both uh Renfro and Waller were running wheel routes, which you know take time to develop. So you have to hold on to the ball a bit longer. And I'm not sure whether Carr panicked or saw something that wasn't there, but he threw it into triple coverage. And it's it's just insanity. You know, we didn't even need to clock the ball, to be honest. We were, you know, when we when we got into the red zone, we were we still had twenty odd seconds left, which is easily four four shots from there. Yeah. You know, I don't know why. And you we clocked that the ball. ball, and no idea at all. No I mean, idea. I, I so, don't. I don't mind that that pass going into triple coverage, if hmm. if at the end of a game, if it's being done with the very last moment, with the last pass of the game, because you're taking a punt. But when you're in the red zone and it's the last minute and you're within a score and you've got, you know, downs afterwards, it just felt a bit No, I, I mean, it, it, it was fourth down, but but right, the problem okay. was I mean, the, play, the play that had been called was not to go there. It was to go to Waller <laughs> or Renfro on the outside after doing the wheel route. But Carr panicked and just launched it at, uh, Zay Jones because he was the one that was closest to the end zone as opposed to just actually buying a little bit of time to allow the others to get through their routes and they wasted um, the down by was, clocking it and wasted the down by clocking it when they could have had that extra play mm-hmm. um, frustrating oh, yeah, that, to be case, honest as, it, as it's fourth down doing that you can understand it however if that's not the play that's called don't bloody do it so yeah I agree yeah and, and you know there were a few strange things throughout the game you know like trying to block the other team's best pass rusher with your tight end that's not going to work <laughs> especially when that tight ends foster moreau you know what i mean it's that's, that's just insanity mm. we i mean we shot ourselves in the foot the number of offensive line false starts and holding penalties just kept killing us in the first half um i mean it's it, it sounds really weird to say it but i'm amazed we were as close as we were to actually be in a position to get that fourth down opportunity at the end. Um, I mean, you know, end of the day, we did make the playoffs, which is an achievement in itself for this team this season. Um, but, you know, Peyton Barber, what are you doing, man? You you know that you can't grab the ball and then step out of bounds, that you have to be stood out of bounds first. You know, it's stupid things, stupid penalties when you don't need to be doing them. I mean, fair play to Cincy. They did bottle up Renfro pretty much. Um, he, did, he didn't get free very often. And But, you know, it's just, it's just one of those what could have beens rather than I don't feel like the Bengals beat us. I feel like we beat ourselves. And as for that ridiculous blow the whistle before the plays ended and then don't replay the down. I mean, you know, if we'd lost by 14, it wouldn't be such a big deal. And to be honest, I don't think it's that massive a deal anyway. But you know, with the NFL always banging on about the letter of the law and this, that, and the other, and you know, to 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 actually have that refereeing crew who have been around for years. Jerome Booger's been a ref in the league multiple team years. You know, yeah, he, he they they know the rules. To come out with that statement afterwards that said, "Oh, the whistle," we thought the whistle was after the cat. Nonsense! It's absolute nonsense. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's difficult. We could, you know, we could we could have won that game. 
We absolutely could have won that game. But yeah, these are the problems that have haunted us all season. Red zone offense, red zone defense, and then, you know, the bit in the middle not being quite right with players <laughs> being indisciplined. <laughs> but apart from that, we were all good. Yeah. You know, the Colson issue, was on the money the, again. Uh, the issue that I had with that whole uh, touchdown that shouldn't have been or potentially should have been, depending on your stance, where the west, uh, whistle blew before your man caught it. If that would have been against the Patriots or the Buccaneers with Belichick being the head coach or with um, Mr. Uber-aggressive um, Bruce Aarons being the head coach, I, I don't think there's any way that that would have stood. I think they would have reversed it. Oh, and no, absolutely. That would, and that's the thing he, that would have annoyed me. He, at the very least, the the replay guys would have, you know, got on the microphone and, uh, by the way, you blew the whistle early. You need yeah. to replay the down. Yeah. You know, There's no some, way that's standing against. Uh, the, absolutely the right. And, you know, but the NFL hates the Raiders. We know this. We live with this. That's why we have to play better than the rest. I love the Bengals. You know? I hate to break it to you, man. It's not just the NFL. It's everyone else as well. <laughs> Don't care about it's everyone true. else. Everyone else can't make the rules. So, you know. I, I want to end this little bit. I want to end this little bit on with two positives. Mm. Um, and the first positive is that we got to see Joe Burrow sort of become a promising quarterback to being a fully-fledged franchise quarterback who's now won a playoff game and it was good to see he won it in style I know the Raiders didn't sort of didn't look stellar and he didn't beat him with a phenomenal performance but he won his first playoff game and a lot of quarterbacks have done the entire career with that one in the playoff game so well done to him the second thing is actually a compliment to the Raiders you're the first team to make the playoffs with a mid-season coaching change since 1961 that is an achievement that's what I said. It's you know, it's it's frustrating because of how close we were in this game. And but and if we, you know, I'd probably have felt better about it if we'd lost by twenty four, to be honest. But you know, with everything no, that happened this me, season, with coach with coach Pisaccia <laughs> coming in, it really is a case of actually, you know what? At the at the end of the day, now we're a few days removed from it. Yeah, it has been a good season. You know, this this team in and of itself does have parts that can move forward. Um, I know, you know, obviously Mike Mayock's been relieved of his duties, which I was a bit surprised at because I honestly thought he'd get another year. Uh, I thought he'd get at least one year without Gruden interfering in his draft picks. Um, but obviously, you know, ownership has has other ideas. Now, whether those other ideas include Basaccia or not, it seems unclear at the Ooh, minute. Rich Eisen, I've told you how many times. <laughs> but... You know, if, if Harbour is the man that comes in, then great, you know. But I think, you know, it's 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 hard not to give Basaccia at least another year and a shot. I mean, you know, he's he's to galvanise this team from where they were after the Henry Ruggs incident three weeks after the Gruden incident. Yeah, you know, he's done an amazing job, to be honest. And, you know, he should well be in the running for coach of the year. Ironically enough, he's the one guy I don't want you lots about. Because the, the head coach doesn't need to be an expert either side of the ball. Head coach no, just no. needs to have good coordinators and be okay. able to bring people together. He seems to be able to do that, so I sincerely hope you don't keep him. Well, thank you very much. No, <laughs> um, purely because no, I listen, said, I'm, I'm no. already in a division with Herbert and Mahomes and Andy <laughs> Reid. The last thing I bloody need is you lot to get good as well. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, I mean, overall Raiders season, I'll give it a B. You know, uh, we, I did, did, we did all right. We made we made the playoffs. You know, we didn't do as well as we could have done. We lost to some ridiculous teams. 
but no, with actually that's everything everything that's gone on i think it's been a, a good year not a great year listen if you if i just sat you down i'm talking to jim here because jim's somewhat of a neutral i know you support an afc team but, mm. uh, but as well but if i just said to you jim um before the season look raiders are going to make the playoffs you'd go they're going to have to have a good season to make the playoffs. And I yeah. say, okay, they're going to lose their coach halfway through the season and their potential star wide receiver is going to be in the clink um, halfway through the season. As well as that, you're going to have a couple of other felony watchers and you're going to have all sorts of issues going on. Yeah, and, then, and they're still going to make the playoffs. You're going, bloody hell. You know, whoever they're bringing in must be must have done one hell of a job. Yeah. I'm sorry, the season's an A. It's, it's as simple as that. I had a, what you've I had done, a finishing bottom of that division. Yeah, me too. Me too. I was going to say, start of the season, I think we all, I think I was the most generous to us. And I think I had us at like nine you and eight or something. You weren't that generous. I wasn't that generous. <laughs> no, I, I think this, this season you've done a really, really good job. Really good job. Unfortunately. So let's, let's move on then. We've, we've talked about that game enough. Let's go on to the yeah. second game of the weekend, to the fourth coldest game in Bill's history with a game time temperature of seven degrees and the wind chill making it feel more like minus four. Didn't seem to bother Josh Allen, though, as he went and set a Bills playoff record with five touchdown passes, including two to Dawson Knox, one to Emmanuel Sanders, one to Gabriel Davis, and one to eligible lineman Tommy Doyle to put the nail into the Patriots. To put it in context, they scored a touchdown on every drive, which has never been done in the Super Bowl era. They gained 480 yards on offense in just 51 snaps before trotting out Mitchell Trubisky to finish the game with three kneel downs. You will never believe it, but Devin Singletary also ran for two scores in the first half. Balance. It wasn't just the offense that was on fire. The Bills' defense ended Mac Jones's rookie season by intercepting him twice, sacking him three times, and then limiting to throwing two mean-nothing touchdown passes in the second half with the game well out of reach. Those were caught by Kendrick Bourne. The margin of defeat was the largest in the playoffs for New England in coach Bill Belichick's tenure. The final score, Patriots 17, Bills 47. It was a rout. It was an absolute rout. Mm. Um, they didn't let off the neck, did they? Considering how the Bills have been in the last three or four weeks, and we've been saying they've got to get balanced, they've got to get right. This, you know, if this is them getting right, and and you know they're going to keep this level up for the rest of the playoffs, everyone else needs to watch out because this was just perfect. <laughs> it was just absolutely perfect football. I I didn't want to say that. But I agree. I didn't want to say it was perfect, but it was. I mean, scoring on seven straight no possessions. No punts, no picks, no fumbles, no field goals. Touchdown every thing. single drive. You know, Josh Allen, um, Josh Allen has, um, but you know, he struggled against the Patriots um, when there was the whole, I want to call it run gate. I don't think anyone's called it you run gate yet, but everyone knows what I'm saying. When the Patriots just ran it a hundred times and only three, three times or something in that first yeah. game. Since then, Josh Allen has had 20 straight possessions against New England Patriots without a punt. Yeah. That's, that's, not 20, that's not 20 throws. That's <clears> 20 <throat> possessions for actual fours of play. It, you know, he, there aren't many quarterbacks who have got the better, best over a Belichick defense. He seems to have it. They referenced that game a couple of times in the, in the uh, post-game you press conferences. To. You absolutely have to. And they said they took that personally. They should have done yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it was it was it was just phenomenal performance from all the Bills. I mean, I th- honestly, I think as soon as Micah Hyde made that interception on, I think it was the Patriots' first drive, wasn't it? What an yeah. interception! Yeah. That was an amazing interception. I didn't even see him coming. 
I was no. sitting there watching the play going, oh, okay, so they're probably 7-7, seven, seven, you know, this could be an interesting game. All of a sudden, Mike Hyde's come flying across the screen and, and taking the ball away. It's just insanity. No, it, it, was, it would have been 7-7 seven, seven if he hadn't have got it. At that point, I think yeah. it was 7-zip. That's yeah, what I mean. So, yeah. you know, it will be oh, this. I think, I think, and from that point on, it was, you know, it, it, it almost looked easy for the Bills, which is kind of the biggest compliment you can give them. Mm. Um, you know, when, when you can play offense and just move the ball at will, you know, your defense is putting pressure on and making, you know, turnovers and it, just a perfect performance, you know, the, short of a shutout. I don't think they could have done any more. No, I mean, the opposite side of it, the person who's been getting most pushback has been Mac Jones um, because in his past sort of four or five games, when his last five games, he's had eight touchdowns and seven interceptions. Um, But what a lot of people don't seem to sort of factor in is that he's been playing significantly better defences in that time. Mm -hmm. And in those games, they've been trailing. So if you're a a rookie quarterback, especially, it's more difficult trailing in in those games. Um, So I don't think Mac Jones is any different a quarterback than we saw at the beginning of the season or even halfway through. Um, I think he's improved steadily as we've gone on. And I think we can somewhat disregard what we've seen from him in the past four or five weeks. I think everyone needs to stop getting too carried away, but also got, stop getting too carried away on him being too good and also stop getting carried away on him being too bad. He's, he's a rookie QB, you know? He'll make this is the world we live in, isn't it? It's knee-jerk yeah, reaction I mean, it, good, knee-jerk reaction bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For me, Mac Jones has still been the best rookie QB this season. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You know? So, you know... he's got a long career ahead of him. He's, you know, the Patriots are not going to suddenly disappear into the night just because Mac Jones had a couple of bad games, you know, and he'll learn from it. He'll get better. Just needs time. If you look at the most recent defences he's played, it's been the Bills, the Dolphins, or the Jags were in there, but, you know, um, and then there's the Bills again, then there's the Colts, the Bills before that, Titans before that. It's been a tough run. And the fact that he's come through it as a playoff team... Yeah, you know, it'll only make him better. But yeah, we need to stop thought. the reaction of he's rubbish. He's rubbish. He's not rubbish. He's, yeah, he's he's okay. Yeah. So with that, we're going to move on to the Sunday games. This one shouldn't take long. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers got the win over the Philadelphia Eagles, taking everything the Eagles gave them. The first half saw two rushing touchdowns for the Bucks. Gio Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn getting the scores, filling in for Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, who weren't available. That half was about as bad as it could get for the Eagles. Three punts, a turnover on downs, and a pick. The third quarter was no better as the Bucks got a touchdown catch for a wide-open Gronk. Another interception on Hertz followed by a Mike Evans 36-yard touchdown on the next play. The Eagles got a couple of consolation scores in the fourth. There was a Boston Scott run and a Kenneth Gainwell catch, avoiding a blowout. But this was an easy win for the Bucks. Final score, Eagles 15, Buccaneers 31. Yeah, Eagles were... Um, I, I want to be nice about the Eagles because you always accuse me of not being. Um, they, they were not very good. Let me just say that. This is, this it was a shame. Not play well. It was a shame. They I think, I think all their s- players in week eighteen and still did that. Yeah. We we said last week, didn't we? This is going to go one or two ways. Either the Eagles going to be really feisty and right in there, and mm-hmm. you know yeah. cause all kinds of problems, or they're just going to get smashed, and it's you know they're all going to be deers in the headlights, and that's exactly what happened. You know, Jalen Hurts was throwing the ball high, wide, anywhere but at the receiver. Well, there were some drops um, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, the the you know the receiver. I was going to say the receivers didn't help him out very much either, but you know, just just all round, it was just abject and bad and poor, and yeah, you know, it, it kind of it it's kind of a, 
much as ours was a, a fitting way to end a season, we kind of almost went out on our shield. You know, the Eagles really, they, they just didn't show anything at all. It kind of makes you wonder why why they were there. You know, they weren't the only team this, that, that this... didn't do anything until like the fourth quarter. Yeah, and but yeah, they no this, points until is... the fourth. You know, it it kind of brings up the question of whether the seventh playoff team is a good idea or not. Because if you know, idea. if you keep getting blowouts in 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 Car <laughs> weekend, then you know it's it's yeah, it's not fun to watch when the games are like that. But I mean, it is a bit. Uh, it's not always going to be that way. Well, I mean, if we look at the regular season, point to the regular season, look at the Eagles. The reason the Eagles were there is because they beat bad teams. They were 0-7 against playoff teams in the regular season. You know, they they are exactly what we thought they are. They beat bad teams and they lose to good teams. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there there are going to be plenty of teams who, you know, sit in the middle and on that next tier. And I think they're one of them. They'll only get stronger. They've got multiple first round picks. They've got multiple Three picks, picks in the top 20. Yeah, I mean, they will be significantly better next year. Mm-hmm. They need to shore up that uh, offensive line. Um, yep. And what really helped them last time, um, funnily enough, when, when they won the Super Bowl, when I say last time, I mean the Super Bowl. When they won the Super Bowl, they, they won it because they were able to, they had basically two defensive lines. They played a 4-3 and they were able to bring in four completely new defensive uh, tackles to be able and edge rushers to be able to apply that pressure. And it's pretty much, that's almost entirely what the Bucs did in this game. The Bucs have essentially two offensive lines that they're able to bring in whenever they wanted to and apply pressure. Um, And because of that, they were able to, you know, ensure that Jalen Hurts didn't get out of the pocket and didn't have too many rushes. I mean, in, in the entire game, he rushed eight eight times for 39 yards. I don't think many people would have thought that that's that, that's, that would have existed. Um, but Jalen Hurts, lowest completion percentage out of all the playoff QBs, um, lowest QB rate in the playoffs. Um, I think if they're going to go forward as him being their QB, they need to give him more support. And I mean, protection in that, yeah. Okay, so that's three down. On to the next one. The 49ers went up against their old playoff rivals, the Dallas Cowboys, and it ended with the first playoff win for the Niners in Dallas. Rookie Elijah Mitchell ran for 96 yards in the game's first points and a four-yard touchdown run. Debo Samuel had 72 yards on 10 carries, including a 26-yard touchdown and three catches for 38 yards. On the other side, Ezekiel Elliott struggled again with 31 yards on 12 carries as the Niners outgained Dallas 169 to 77 yards on the ground. The Niners scored on their first four possessions, but three were field goals. So when Amari Cooper completed a 20-yard touchdown catch, it was only a one-score game at the half. Jimmy G and Dak threw picks in the second half before a Dak rushing score set up the game for a final Cowboys drive with 30 seconds and no timeouts. Cue the bonehead sequence of the game. As Dak took off on a QB draw with just 14 seconds left, he slides at the 24-yard line, then gives the ball to his centre. The umpire has to push through the line to touch the ball, and the time expires before Dak can spike it. The wait for Dallas to reach even an NFC Championship game will tick up to 27 years after another first-time flame-out in the postseason. The final score, 49ers 23, Cowboys 17. I don't want to say I told you so, but we told (laughs) you so. Yeah, Yeah. Tigers. (laughs) We called this perfectly last week. Um, You know, the the Cowboys are just so badly coached, it's untrue. They're just awful. I'm so glad you said that. You know, since Mike McCarthy arrived, there they are eighteen and sixteen. That's their record <laughs> since he arrived. That is that not offense. good enough. And that, well, it's not even that. That's in the worst division in football. Last year, yeah. 
that division, I mean, in most half-decent playoff teams this year would have been in that division last year. They'd, they'd cleaned it with 10 or 15 wins. Yeah. You know, it, it was huge numbers they should have had. Then you tick into it the fact that you got Dak Prescott praising fans for throwing things at referees after the game, which he's now and then really uh, retracted. Which he's come out and made the most pathetic apology. I mean, if you're going to yeah. say something, say it and stick by it. I say a lot of random shit. Most of it, I don't, a lot of it, I don't believe. Well, he's but got still sponsors to uh, deal with on the aftermath. Yeah, of that. So I, I I'm sure Jerry Jones had to many, go uh, in his uh, Oikos yogurt sponsorship and everyone else in his mattresses. That you get sponsored yeah, by. I, I don't have uh, many uh, many of my sponsorship people lining up to tell me mm-hmm. off. No, um, <laughs> there's a reason. But, I mean, it was, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, they had 14 penalties in this game. 14 yeah. penalties. I thought we I were mean, bad. <laughs> not all of not all of those penalties were bad. I mean, some of them you look at and go, "All right, do you know what? I wouldn't have called that, but I get that you are." And they've called it for both teams. You know, it was nine penalties against the 49ers. so it wasn't as though it was completely one side. It was ridiculous. To be, to be fair, the refs weren't great, but like you say, they were bad for both teams. It wasn't that, a case of do you know what one I'm team getting the to a different sport. I'm a Forest fan and we're in the championship and you get horrendous referees, but most of the time they're horrendous both sides. So you can kind of forgive it. And that was, you know, we've all supported our team and you've had those games where nothing's being given for you and everything's being given against you. Yeah. Um, or being a Raider fan. Every, oh, God. every can, can someone mute him? Every <laughs> single team has had that. This wasn't one of those games. It just wasn't. And it was just, what more could they have done on that? That was the stupidest play I've ever seen. Everyone says in the broadcast, I'm saying you've got to throw it out. You've got, if you've got no timeouts, you cannot attack the middle of the field. The 49ers gave them a couple of first downs by not covering the edges. And so they finally figured out, put everyone on the edge. QB draw. And and they actually called it. That's the most ridiculous play call I think I've ever seen. Well, yeah. Kellen Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore's the um, play caller see, for yeah. Dallas. Um, he's the offensive coordinator. And uh, he's basically the boy genius who's interviewing for a number of jobs at the moment. Mm-hmm. And he was asked afterwards, did you call that play? Is that the play that you called? And uh, I think his politically correct answer was, uh, we called a variation of that play, which means <laughs> absolutely no, we did not fundamentally call that play. It was Dak doing his own bloody thing and we didn't call it, but I don't yeah. want to land my quarterback. That's not what McCarthy said. What that, that's what that means. Well, Mike McCarthy's an idiot. He doesn't play. Oh, yeah, that. but apparently he was... He was in charge on the last drive. He took control for the play calling on the final drive. Yeah, I mean, there's lots, of, there's lots of stories that come out of that, but yeah. Is, this is what you get. Ridiculous. Enough, ridiculous. enough talking about how bad the Cowboys well, the, were. Let's the only talk thing about I want Niners. Niners. The only thing I want to say about the Cowboys, though, is they're at a point this year where they've got to make some real decisions. So Zach's contract, um, I was doing some looking up, and Ezekiel Elliott's contract has gone out this year. Mm-hmm. Um, where they can get out of it and they have to swallow 11.8 million dead cap. That's it. Worth it. If they don't, if they don't get this out, I'd say so. if they don't get this out, they are effectively tying themselves to a four year, $50 million deal. Now <laughs> I'm not being funny, but justify that. <laughs> yeah. You can't justify that when your backup is better than your starter. Zeke's mum can Tony justify Pollard. that. <laughs> I mean, Tony Pollard, has outplayed Zeke and he's on, you know, Frappence and Apeney. Mm-hmm. He's still being paid in old money. You know, what I mean? it's, it's ridiculous. I don't understand how Dallas won't get out of that. But this, if there's any team who wouldn't get out of it, it's Dallas because, you know, Jerry loves his guys and Zeke's one of his guys. So they're at a real crossroad now where they have to make 
tough decisions. Um, and the only way they're going to, I don't want to use the term save their franchise, but you know, they, they have to make those types of decisions now. I think on the other side, then, if we don't talk about Dallas, because they're not worth it, the 49ers yeah. again, just looks so dangerous. Debo Samuel, I tweeted out during the game, he's better than the Cowboys. Because anytime you needed him, <laughs> he would just turn yeah. up and he would get you a first down. He would, yeah. apart from the one where they didn't give him it I on mean, the fourth down when he, he looks like he got it, but they're in I Dallas. So he got it. They respawned I mean, to it. Be, <laughs> to be honest, I, you know, they used Elijah Mitchell so well to set mm. up the space for Debo. Um, you know, it, it's just good coaching. <laughs> it's, it's using your weapons effectively to allow you to move the ball and win the game. Um, Debo Samuel is an absolute beast. I mean, when he when he's in the mood, he was in. When was it? Saturday, Sunday? Can't remember. Sunday. Uh, Sunday. He's. Uh, you know, there there isn't a, a a wide receiver like him in the NFL. He can he can take it out of the backfield. He's big enough and strong enough to fight linebackers. He can throw the ball. You know what I mean? He's 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 almost just a complete football player. He's not really a wide receiver. He's just a football player. He plays and does whatever he needs to do in order to to help his team. And I love him. I think he's great. I mean, he's he's kind of turned into the player that I kind of expected DK Metcalf to become. Yeah. But, you know, for whatever reasons, it hasn't happened with Metcalf. But with Samuel, it most definitely has. Um, you know, the guy is, the guy is just a beast. Well, the thing is, it's the fact he plays so many different positions in so many different styles. I mean, the best running back on on the field um, at the weekend was a wide receiver and that, that kind of says everything. It reminds me, you know, in years to come, there will be stories of Debo Samuel, you know, this guy who could do everything. It's like the old Bo Jackson stories, the guy who could do everything. And you remember yeah. W.G. Grace? He was a cricketer who God. played against England in the I don't, Ashes. I don't remember him and personally because no, he was like, you will, you know, you're bloody old mid, mid-1800s. But, you know, I, <laughs> but no, I'm aware of him. He was born in 1915. I no, died in 1915, rather. Um, but no, he played uh, in the Ashes for England. And then um, the game finished early and went and played league football for Leighton Stone Wanderers mm. um, at the weekend. And it, it's that kind of thing. The, the guy can do everything. And it's it's being able to do multiple jobs. In there. He can play outside, play inside. He, you know, line up as a tight end and block. He can play as a running back. It's ridiculous. It's, what the boys it's hard enough learning an NFL playbook for one position. Learning yeah. an NFL playbook for two positions is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I know he had a lot of time off last season because he was injured, but if he's just literally swallowed the entire playbook, then, you know, hats off to him. Because, you know, there is no one like him in the league at the minute. He's I a phenomenal, just that, phenomenal player. That just, it's just the old-fashioned thing of football intelligence, of just being able to read a situation and do the right yeah. thing. And Shanahan uses him so well as well. He always gets him in space. He always uses him where he knows he can make a difference. Yeah. And I've that's good before. coaching, you know? I've said a quick, it before. A quick and good I'll thing and bad thing with the, the Niners. Good thing we haven't even talked yeah. about George Kittle, who's one of the best tight ends in the game, because we're so yeah. busy talking about Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. Bad bit, though, is that when they had a chance to really salt this game, they, rather than running it, moved on to asking Jimmy G to throw it, which is eerily similar to what they did in the bloody Super Bowl. And they almost lost this game yeah. because of it, because he did get picked. And the Cowboys had a chance to move down the field again. So that's my worry with the Niners, is they keep relying on Jimmy G uh, when they have a chance to really salt a game. And um, I don't know what it I is. I know it's, it's Shanahan has to prove a point or something, but 
I don't know if it's proven a point or whether he just he wants to give Jimmy G that confidence of closing out a game. And the problem is, is that it. every time he's tried to do that with Jimmy G, it's not worked, mm. starting with that Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Um, so, you know, it, you kind of feel like, look, the running game and and is what got you to the show in the first place. Just keep using it. Run the clock down. Don't, you know, if, if you want to run a screen pass or a slant, go for it. But, you know, stop making Jimmy G be the one that has to win the game because it's quite obvious that when you put that much pressure on him, he doesn't respond well. You need to take pressure off him so he feels relaxed in the pocket and, and can get on with it. I mean, the other thing to mention, you know, with the 49ers is that secondary is so much improved from how it was earlier in the season. Yep. Um, it's like night and day, you know. I mean, they've always had the pass rush. Um, and, you know, I think Bowser got a bit, bit concussed, didn't he? But he did. the odds are, odds are he'll play, play this week. But, yeah, I think, I think you know, we said it last week, and we, I think we've even said it for the last couple of weeks, everyone needs to watch out for the 49ers because they are probably the most under-the-radar good team we've seen for a long time. Yeah. And the the star of the show is the 49ers offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel. Um, so he's a guy who the Broncos requested an interview for, um, and the 49ers have been able to block it because um, his leadership with the 49ers means that... So a, a team can block um, another team from interviewing as a head coach if it's not classed as a promotion under NFL rules right. and his movement from offensive coordinator to head coach is not classed as a promotion um, and the reason for that is he takes um, offensive coordinator meetings um, and he actually runs the meetings so it's not classed as a, as a promotion um, right. so the Broncos at the moment are unsure whether or not they can actually interview the offensive coordinator for the 49ers which says a huge amount because he's the one who's really incorporated Debo Samuel within that game plan that's actually one thing I disagree with at the minute in the NFL and I really wish they'd do something about it I don't think anyone that's still involved in a playoff team should be yes, allowed to be approached uh, about a job at yeah, any right. point. I think, I can't remember who it is. Someone's got an interview on Friday. Is it the, one of the Bucks coordinators, I think, has got an interview on Friday when he's supposed to be preparing Byron for a divisional Lefkowitz. game. Byron what's, what, with the Giants. That's it. Giants, so it? so, so what's, what's he concentrating on? Is he concentrating on his career? Or is he concentrating on the game that's coming up this weekend? You should just not be allowed to approach anybody until their team is knocked out. Well, I, th- I think all of, all of the hard work um, should have been done before this point, so it shouldn't matter an awful lot if you are attending an interview. What I'd like to see is all interviews be postponed until after the Super Bowl. So, yeah, because otherwise absolutely. it puts you at a disadvantage if, you know, if, if you're a team who's looking for a head, new head coach and you want Byron Lefwich or you want Eric Bieniemy. I mean, quite why you would is beyond me, but if you would, <laughs> then at that point you have to wait for them to you know, leave, uh, get knocked out of the playoffs before you can interview. And when you've got loads of other candidates sitting around, I think all coach hiring should be suspended until you get to the Super Bowl and all interviews should be. But, I mean, that's coming from someone who's had multiple rounds of head coach interviews in recent years. So, no, I agree, though. We'll old hand it. Let's move yeah. on, then. We've still got two games left. The first was a Sunday night game in Arrowhead, where the Steelers were managing to peg back the Chiefs' offense for the first 20 minutes of the game. Mahomes has already been picked once by Devin Bush before a direct snap to McCall Harmon saw a botched handoff to Daryl Williams. 
a tackle by Cam Hayward knocked the ball loose and TJ Watt scooped and scored the first points of the game. Unfortunately, that poked the bear and Casey rattled off three touchdowns before halftime. Passed it to Derek, Jarrett McKinnon, Byron Pringle and Travis Kelsey had the Chiefs out of sight going into the break. The second half saw no let-up from the home team as Mahomes had two more touchdown passes to eligible lineman Nick Allegretti, Tyreek Hill and a second for Pringle from a Travis Kelsey pass. The Steelers did get two touchdown passes out of Big Ben, Deontay Johnson and James Washington with the catches, but it was the re-emergence of Deontay's drops that cost the Steelers chances earlier in the game before the Chiefs hit the gas pedal. Final score was the Steelers 21, Chiefs 42. You did score more points than last time. We did. It was brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Floor is yours. <clears throat> Floor is yours. No, I got I, nothing. Yeah, it was an interesting game. Really, uh, really fun to watch us go uh, on a punt battle with the Chiefs for 20 minutes. Because I wasn't expecting that at all. I was expecting us to punt a lot. I wasn't expecting them to punt a lot. Um, and then to get that defensive touchdown was uh, pretty awesome. But then the inevitable happened. And actually, I'm very glad that it was 21-7 at half time because I was able to go to bed safe in the lodge. We weren't catching that score up. Um, so I actually slept quite soundly. Usually, if it's a late night <laughs> game for the Steelers and they're close, I can't sleep. I have to keep looking at my phone. It's now four in the morning and I'm worried, you know. Uh, but this time, no, I knew it was over at halftime, so I was absolutely happy to uh, to wake up in the morning knowing the inevitable had happened. Uh, as as I've said in previous podcasts, you know, we had a great end to the season. Big Ben had his proper send-off with his uh, final home game win and then beating the Ravens away uh, to get into the playoffs. It would have been nice if we'd been able to play an easier team than this to, uh, to give them a playoff victory um, to then walk off in the division round, but can't have everything. So, and he got to score two touchdowns. He didn't, he wasn't the reason we lost the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy for his send off. I think it was fairly fitting. Um, and he's just got to wait a few years to get into the first ballot. He, he is first ballot. He's first ballot (laughs) all day. I mean, look at the hall of fame classes we're getting at the moment. He's first ballot. That's true. That's true. He might, he might be a second ballot. I'll give you (laughs) two time Super Bowl winner. 18 years, fifth overall in passing yards and touchdowns, all kinds of stuff. Um, Interesting thing, he's, he's third overall in most passing yards in playoff games behind um, Brady and Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning, not Eli. Obviously, obviously. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just want to put that in there. <laughs> no, I, I think I think the key thing to this is you lost this game. You didn't get, well, you got beat. You didn't lose the game. You got beat. Mm. And that's the key thing. Sometimes... If if you go into a game and you lose, and this I think this is what you were so pissed off about, Punk. If you get beaten, mm. you get beaten by a better team. There's nothing you yeah. can do about it. it. Is what it is. You know. Yeah. So if someone scores a screamer from forty yards in the top corner in a football game, soccer game, there's nothing you can do about it. They've just they're done you. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. You came in, you gave it your best, you got beat by a better team. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. So there's not much more to say about it, really. Um, no. Now we now we get into the really scary bit for me because obviously we've been uh, leading Who's on, your quarterback? on our quarterback Mason for eighteen Rudolph? years. You'll, nope, you'll be fine. You'll Wayne be fine. Haskins. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Nope. <laughs> so if you if you go and look on our, on our Patreon, mm. um, there are numerous different articles, and one of them um, was penned by a fantastically talented young writer um, <laughs> called "What Is the Future of the Steelers?" Mm. Um, I do that one. No, I did that one, <laughs> where he outlined exactly the arguments for various different um, things and made a bold prediction of what will happen next season. I'm going to tell you what that prediction was, but I still believe that will come true um, somehow. I don't know how, but somehow. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think you'll be fine. 
I, I wouldn't worry, Jim. I think you'll be fine. Yeah, as long as we don't go through the draft for a, a quarterback, then I'll be happy. As long as we pick from <laughs> someone that's already no one, in the league. No one decent in the draft. I, there is no a, one's going to be a day one starter. Desmond Ridder's probably the best guy out there at the moment, and you don't want to be starting him full I've time. I've got a great quarterback you can have. <laughs> <laughs> you Nathan Peterman. Genuine, I want, I want to ask that question. What, what would you What would you think the Raiders would ask for Derek Carr? Draft-wise. We might find out. Honestly, 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 honestly genuinely, probably, I really probably, probably, uh, we'd probably ask for a one and a three or something. We'd probably get a two and a three, mm. to be honest. Okay. That sounds Something fair. like that. that sounds yeah. fair. Um, a two and a three this year or a two this year, three next year? Probably two and a three this year. If I'm honest, if it's a one and a three, you might be able to split the years. But I think if it's a two and a three, both this year, yeah. we'll Going then go on... and get Russell Wilson. Put Russell Wilson in silver and black. He'll look lovely. <laughs> you haven't got the draft Off capital to go. go and get Russell Wilson. We don't need to I mean... go get draft capital go and get Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's forcing his way out anyway. It doesn't matter. You still need the draft capital. I just hold on to him. I think if you packaged Derek, Derek Carr up in that and covered all of Derek Carr's wages and somehow did the maths on that one, I think you might have off. <laughs> How have you segued then. from a, a Steelers Chiefs game into know. a Derek Carr because trade well, package? He's going to be the new Steelers quarterback, isn't he? How much do you want us to talk about Kansas versus Pittsburgh, really? I mean, what happened, what we thought happened, happened. I mean, I mean you what, even what, let Travis Kelsey throw a something. touchdown pass, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, did you actually time, turn up? <laughs> hey, it was only well, a couple well, of years ago it was only well, a couple of years ago the Broncos played the Chiefs and Dontari Poe threw a touchdown <laughs> that's that's true. You know, I remember let's, that. let's not that's talk true. too much on that big man so what big man. you know what, what, what was your defensive MVP uh, we got a doing? touchdown exactly you know I know but you know what was what was he doing the rest of the time he was doing alright he was doing alright yeah, don't worry about yeah, my defensive okay. MVP alright we're going on to the last game then, to Monday night. <laughs> so the Cardinals visiting division rival LA Rams. You don't want to talk about a, a, a lie down. Let's talk about this then. For Arizona, it was a continuation of their That's recent form, unfortunately. Kyler Murray went 19 of 34, 137 yards and two interceptions. For the Cardinals, who followed their 10-2 and start with a 1-5 and slide. Matt Stafford was outstanding in his first playoff game with the Rams, completing 13 of his season-low 17 passes without an interception. And despite three drops... He scored his first playoff rushing touchdown since January 2012 on a goal line sneak. And he directed LA's offense while seizing his first playoff win in a career that began with 12 years in Detroit, where his Lions went 0-3 in the postseason. It was also OBJ's first playoff touchdown catch. Beckham also threw a 40-yard catch to Cam Akers, which set up a Cooper Cup touchdown two plays later. Add the pick six of Kyler when he should have taken a safety, and the Rams were up 28-0 midway through the third quarter. James Conner rushed for a touchdown for the Cardinals, who have one playoff victory since the 2009 season. But that was it. The final score, Cardinals 11, Rams 34. Yeah, that was uh, it was a domination. I mean, th- this was damn near perfect from the Rams. They did everything they needed to. They ran the ball superbly. Yep. Um, split equally between um, Sony Michelle and Cam Makers. And it was exactly what they needed to do. Um, you know, they didn't need to rely on Matt Stafford. They could keep the ball up in the middle. You said 13 of 17 and three of the four that he, he uh, didn't complete were dropped passes. He was... Yep. 
as good as it gets in this game. Um, yeah, he's definitely it, got his mojo back from those last few games in the regular Well, that was season. it. I was going to say, it's the same as we mentioned about the Bills earlier. The Bills have been a bit ropey sort of in the past few games. I think the Rams have also been a bit ropey. Leonard Floyd was a colossus of a human being in this game, constant pressure. Um, Aaron Donald through the middle was doing everything he needed to. He was sort of swallowing up six guys and leaving pressure from the outside. And it was... I don't want to say it was easy, but as this is you said earlier, Jim, they just made it look easy. It reminds me of Michael Johnson running the 400 meters. Everyone else is pumping their arms and he's just efficiently running 400 meters in 43 seconds while everyone's, you know, half a mile back. It just, it just looked easy for the Rams. He really did. Even though Dale Beckham looks like he's uh, gone back to his New York Giants days rather than his Cleveland Brown days. When it's going well. So, when it's going well, he's going, he's, back to his uh, he's going right, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like he's going back to the LSU days. Never mind the Giants days. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about coming back, two-time All-Pro safety Eric Weddle ended his retirement last week to help out the Rams, who lost starters Taylor Rapper to a concussion and Jordan Fuller to a season-ending ankle injury. So that was interesting to see him come back in and play a game. Yeah, I I mean, the the fact that the uh, secondary is so banged up has got to be a little bit of a concern. But, you know, Weddle will get better over the next couple of weeks with a bit more practice and, you know, playing time under his belt. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a wise old head. So, you know, yeah. he, he knows how to play. It's just a case of getting that, that match fitness up really. Um, yeah, no, the Rams, the Rams were good. They're very much like you were saying, Dave, like the bills, you know, you kind of feared for them a little bit because they have been a bit ropey at times the last few weeks, but no, it's, you know, someone's dropped something in the Kool-Aid this week because you know, everyone's, rolling it's just uh, you just hope no one's peaked too early you know we you know the, the the divisional round coming up is my personal favorite weekend of the football season because it tends to be the best games um but you know if 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 we can get those those chiefs and those bills playing at those that level and you know the rams and 49ers playing at that level then I mean, a couple of great games this week well, hold off. My, hold off, punk. We're going to have to do the picks on that. So, my favourite week is preseason week two or Pro Bowl. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> you do love a Pro Bowl. Oh, I love a Pro Bowl. <laughs> I don't mind the well, skills games. Skills mm. games are great. The only reason I like a Pro Bowl is because there's no chance of any Broncos players getting injured. It's it all being there. I I always I always like watching the dodgeball because you can see who's holding a grudge from the season by how hard they throw the ball at someone's head. <laughs> yeah. We'll just do a very quick uh, look through the wildcard wrong-ins. Um, we were just in it for fun. We finished our pod versus the people competition. So, um, yeah, I won that quite convincingly, didn't I? So, Pipe down. <laughs> yeah, I came second. I was robbed. I was robbed. <laughs> uh, you two went five and one in the picks. I went four and two. I, I stuck my neck out with Ooh. the Eagles and Cardinals. Um, what, what was the one I got wrong? Dave, you picked the Patriots to beat the Bills. Did I? Oh, you, I remember you, that. You lot bullied you me into taking the Patriots, didn't you? We didn't bully you into taking the Patriots. You, you did a bit. didn't bully you, you at all. You, decided you were thinking about the old days. You had the, uh, you know, the flashbacks no, of, uh, of, of it. The only reason I didn't go 6-0 and oh was because I went with my heart and not you my go head. Your Raiders, yeah. no, the, only, the only reason you got it wrong, is, I'm not going to go into it. I was going to say something really derogatory, but I'm not going to. I'm going to well, turn over a new leaf. It's unusual for you. Yeah. I know. It must be the playoffs. No, it was really horrible. I was going to say that was all. <laughs> Let's leave it then. Let's go on to the divisional round. So we start, there's two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. The first game of the weekend is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans. So we're dropping in the two number one seeds into the uh, into the mix now. 
and Derek Henry has just had a practice with pads. What are we doing? Yes, um, he has. Yes, he has. Uh, I'm, so, go on. I'm a massive believer, and I, in most sports, I think this doesn't play a huge amount of impact, but I think in the NFL it does. I'm a huge believer in the NFL on uh, momentum. I think momentum is real, it's tangible, it's measurable. And we've seen it in previous years with um, the Dirty Birds, the Ravens, you know, rest to people in week 17 in the old days when we used to only used to have 17 weeks. They'd rest people in week 17 and it'd be sort of two and a half, three weeks before between games and stuff. And then they go into the playoffs in the wild card and they're as rusty as oat because there's no momentum. I think momentum plays a real, real factor. And I think the Bengals get the win against the Titans. Wait, why is there no momentum with the Titans? They won their last three games against the 49ers. They have, the Dolphins, but they've had a week, the they've had a week off. I think, think that week, week off is, is going to hurt where they've got Derrick Henry back. It, no, I think, it, well, Derrick Henry, which version of Derrick Henry's back? I don't well, the paper version doesn't matter to me. If it makes the other players feel better. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it's Derrick Henry who's not been back. He's been out for quite a while, so you'll have to excuse me if I'm not getting too excited. Even if it's a rusty Derek Henry that you know isn't quite a hundred percent, then it still gives the Bengals defense a massive problem because mm-hmm. they have to focus on either the pass or the run. They can't they can't cut off both. Um, and as has been proven since Henry went out, you know nothing wrong at all with the Titans passing game. So you know. <laughs> Putting Henry in there as well is just it's it's just another problem for the Bengals, to be honest. And I think as we showed kind of the second half last week, you know, they can be stopped. I mean, we held them to just a couple of field goals and this, that, and the other. So although they do have the explosive offense, I just think the Titans are going to be too much for them. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go Titans. I think they control the ball. I think time and possession is everything in this game. Um, and I think you know, Derek Henry will run enough. He might not do, you know, 180 and four touchdowns, but if he can get 100 yards or close to it and a touchdown, I think that will indicate that the Titans have, have been able to just keep the ball away from the Bengals and, and run the clock. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree in the fact that the Bengals can be stopped. I mean, when the Bengals played the Broncos, they only scored 15 points. I mean, we only scored 10, which is typical of our season, but the, the Bengals only scored 15 points, and that was away from home as well. Um, but I think the Bengals need, need they don't need to have a perfect game, but they need to be damn near close. Um, but I, it's just momentum. I've seen it so many times. Um, I just think it, it gives them... And every year we, we see that team who has a role that we weren't expecting. I think the Bengals is this team's year. There's something about the, the Titans I'm just not sold on. I probably, I probably am going to be wrong, but you know when it's you just have something... It's because they're not flashy. In they you. don't do anything that makes you yeah. sit up and go, oh, wow, that's exciting to watch, or this, that. No, they just play really is, good, solid football. Yeah, the, the fundamentals, I think they're brilliant. I just, ugh, I'm just not buying them. I don't know. I don't know. And as I say, I probably am wrong, but there's just something in me that's making me think that... I don't think this is the Bengals' year, but I think that they've got something about them that's going to give them a little bit of an edge in this game. I used to believe in momentum in the postseason, but what I believe in now is has that team played their Super Bowl? And for me, the Bengals played their Super Bowl last weekend when they got their home win in the in the, in the in the playoffs um, against a good team, held them close. I think they've 
They're going to dine out on no, that. They played the Raiders. They played the Raiders. Sorry, Jim. They played yeah, the they Raiders. Played them close. Through, for, played for, good, for the Bengals no, this season, that is, that is their Bengals. Super Bowl. Yeah. For the Bengals this season, <laughs> see the Browns last season. Yeah. It's the same thing. They had their Super Bowl. Um, They're going to come up against a team that is going to be high as a kite having Derek Henry back in the building um, because he will encourage others to run through walls, even if he can't. If, if he only does 20 yards in the game, you've got to scheme him out of it. Uh and they'll have AJ Brown. They'll have Julio Jones. They'll have a full complement. I'm expecting Tennessee it, to get this one done, so I'm going for the Titans as it, well. It reminds me of that old um, Mike Shanahan story where Terrell Davis was having his migraine. He said, "Just go in there and stand there because they've got a scheme for you if you stand mm. in there. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. Just just stand there because then they've got a scheme exactly. for you. Same thing yeah. with Derek Henry. Probably you two probably are right, but I just got a feeling. I think this is their Super Bowl." This oh, is how you lost the pick yeah. competition <laughs> so by did, going yeah. with your feelings rather than your head. It wasn't. It was trying to catch up late at the end. You had that sixteen and you know, sixteen and zero game, and what then I had, to, I, I had to. I, had I to erased catch up pick. I erased a six-game lead in two weeks. Come on, yeah. You just by got going pick right. And as I said, man, come when on, you go sixteen and zero, you just have to hold your hand. Come on, the next game. This is a doozy. It's the San Francisco Forty Nineers at the Green Bay Packers. This is the stuff that people want to listen to, Jim. Not these silly no, they picks. They absolutely don't. Go at each other. This is at home to this, the 49ers. Yeah. This is my second favourite game of the weekend. Oh, 49ers. Whoa, whoa. You're going 49ers. All right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I took the air out of my sails, but, you know, there you go. <laughs> I was going to build it up a bit and, you know, all the rest of it. Oh, sorry. Um, cut, cut my bit out, I, Jim. Right, off I, I think the I think the 49ers are a little bit banged up. I'm not sure how Joey Bosa's head's going to be. Mm. And it's very, very cold. How about, how about Nick Bosa? Nick what Bosa about Nick Bosa? Sorry, Nick Bosa. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, well, no, it's fine because the commentators did exactly the same thing. <laughs> it, 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 it was the, interchangeable, the really. The you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, they could, they could probably do that, actually. They could probably just switch them over for the one that hasn't got a concussion and play in. When but, I was um, growing up, there was a couple of girls on my estate who used to do that with their boyfriends, switch them up, and apparently they didn't know. That was a <laughs> rumor. That. that was a rumor. Oh, my anyway, God, you know what I mean? Carry on. Punk, please, you're going to tell us who's going to win out of the Packers and the 49ers. So, so yes, I, I, I think similarly to you, but I just, I do worry, although I did say earlier that 49ers secondary is much improved, I'm not quite sure it's that much improved. So, kind of similarly to, to the Bengals, I think the 49ers might just run into a bit of a wall here um with just an accumulation of issues now i'm not saying they can't win they most definitely can if you know mitchell and samuel are, are on fire again and if shanahan schemes it up right then you know they've got every chance in the world but i've just got a sneaky feeling about the packers and i think they'll just score too many points for them to keep up so my pick is green bay okay i think lefleur is obviously part of the shanahan coaching tree um, from their time together in Atlanta. And there's been recent history between the two. Um, and every time they've come together, it's been a battling. Um, so I'm sticking with the coaching advantage and the fact that I think the 49ers are better in various different positions over the field. Um, quarterback is the one. Quarterback and wide receiver. Uh, well, wide receiver, actually. I was thinking Debo versus Adams. What, you know, what's your poison? Who do you prefer? I'll take both of them. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> could you imagine that? Them two on the same team. That's disgusting, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they, they've... Uh, 
Packers have obviously got the advantage at quarterback, but other than that, I, I go wide receiver. Uh, I go 49ers rather. So yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with uh, Frisco on that. All right. There are two reasons. I, 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 this is really hard to pick. These two teams yeah. are bang on form. Um, should be a great game. Randall Cobb is due to come back, who is obviously Aaron Rodgers' bestie uh, from the old days. And it's already been snowing in Green Bay. They showed a picture yesterday where it was just, I can—I didn't even recognize it as a stadium because it just looked like a, a kind of pattern <laughs> with an outline of a, of a bowl. And I was like, oh, I got that. Is how they get the snow off yeah, not on yeah. that field and but make it's that be, field ready to play? I don't know if you know, but Santa Clara is not as cold as Green Bay by a multiple degrees. A lot. Yes, so I'm actually I'm going to go with the home team. That advantage is is there. Yeah. Plus, they've still got Aaron Rodgers. So as long as they've got him, then I'm going with with the Packers. Um, do you want a, Do you want a weather update? Yeah. Um, so the moment is minus eight. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow it's anticipated as being minus twelve, but <laughs> it's fine. By the time Sunday comes up, it's going to warm up considerably to minus ten. So it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, that's, that's good weather that. for the lads from California. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Dave's sticking with his, his away team prediction there. So let's go through to the Sunday. Uh, the first of those games is the LA Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's got the people hosting the Super Bowl against the Super Bowl champions. I, I'm quite happy to go first. When we did our predictions earlier in the season, um, we outlined who we thought were going to win various awards. I was horrendous in that. I picked I picked one player for offensive rookie of the year. He's not even played a snap. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was. It uh, well, the, uh, no, it wasn't. It was uh, <laughs> the lad who the 49ers drafted in the second round. I can't even remember his bloody name. That's how bad it was. The running back. Um, I also drafted him in my uh, fantasy league, which I uh, <laughs> won. Trey well. Sermon. Jim's, Trey Sermon. There you go. Yeah, and I, I don't even know if he's been injured. He's I think he's come in a couple of times on special teams and that's been about it. Um, but uh, Punk and I both went for the Rams um, to win the Super Bowl. I can't remember if I had the Rams against, but I, we had the Rams to win the Super Bowl. And I did sort of a thought process of the NFC who I thought was going to be in the playoffs. And this game kept on popping up. I had it as a divisional game. It's not, but you know, I had it as that. Um, and I just thought the Rams would be a bit too cute. Um, so yeah, I am... Sticking with what I thought in preseason, a la Jim. So going for the Rams. <laughs> you going for the okay? I, so you going for the Rams? Okay. I I did pick the Rams to get to the Super Bowl. Whether or not I picked the Rams, I don't think I picked the Rams to win it. I think I picked the I think Bills to win it. I think I, think I picked the Bills. Was it a Bills or Rams? Either or. I'll be able to check now. This this game, I think, is really really interesting because mm. the Rams have got hot just at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm still not convinced that this Buccaneers team is anywhere near as good as it was last year. And I think if you put enough pressure on, they they will fold. I I just not convinced at all. Um, ah, they're good, but they've not really played anyone. They've not. I can't think of a game they've played in the last seven or eight weeks where you actually go. You know what? They'll give them a good game. And every every team, it seems, apart from the um, divisional games, it seems like every team has just, it's been a bit of an easy schedule for them. So I think they flatter to deceive a bit. They did beat um, the Bills at home. They did beat the uh, Colts away. 
yeah, other than that, I'm just other than that, it has been. I mean, can very you say easy. the Colts really? You know, we beat the Colts away. That's not. Well, they played their NFC South rivals, really and they played the AFC East lot. So, yeah. So I, I, anyway, I just have this sneaky feeling that the Buccaneers are just a little bit too overhyped for their own good, um, and I think I like I like Sean McVay as a coach. I think he's great. I think he schemes well. I think when you've got Aaron Donald playing at the level he's playing at, I think Odell Beckham coming back, Matt Stafford, obviously, you know, getting rid of those stupid interceptions that he was throwing. I like the Rams in this. You know, the weather's not really a factor. It's, you know, very similar kind of weather. I, yeah, I like the Rams. I think the Rams win this. And I think they win it fairly convincingly as well. Yeah, so I've just gone back and looked on our predictions, and you're quite right. You had uh, a Super Bowl between the Bills and the Rams. It's still on. Um, and, yeah, you had the Bills to win it. So Rams getting to the Super Bowl, sticking with the preseason pick as well. Jim, you and you and I both had the Rams against the Chiefs. So, yeah, yep. still on as well. Um, I Yeah. As, as much as I want to just say it's going to be an easy game for the Rams, I know that this is Tom I Brady. I don't think for one second it'll be easy. Everything goes one, I think it'll be a... I think it'll be a very, very close game. Yeah. Sean McVay, it's kind of his bogey player, isn't it? You know, he'll have flashbacks of that Super Bowl where he just absolutely bottled it against Brady, uh, where Donald couldn't get to him. You know, there is there, a hump to go over, which is why yeah, I think this might be their go, Super Bowl game. Back. I think they want to get him. They want to, they want to get that revenge over, over Brady and what he did to them in the Super Bowl. So I have picked the Rams. It's my first away team. Uh, pick for this divisional game uh, divisional round uh they did look good at the weekend so yeah and i, I would i feel even more nervous if the uh bucks had, had to play a, a team that was really fighting them but they didn't so it's kind of a rollover game yeah i mean you go back to that super bowl and mention it and i think quite rightly you you absolutely do i don't disagree with anything you've said but this time he's got matt stafford instead of jared goff mm-hmm. and aaron donald couldn't get to anyone because he was so battered he had so many injuries at that point and i think it was uh if it, it that that defensive line that they've got now the defensive front is is very very different and that's the battle of the game i think um, the def- defensive line and offensive line because Tristan Wirfs, who might just be the best right tackle um, in the NFC, is uh, left the game and then they put him back in when he could hardly walk, which I didn't understand. Why would you put your, you know, essentially rookie right tackle back in there? I think it's his second season, but he was in the walking boot, wasn't he, after the game? Yeah, he's in a walking boot. T- he sprained his ankle or something, didn't he? And I think he. He convinced them that he was good enough to go back in, and I think after a few plays, it was very obvious that he wasn't. So, what's that about the Bucks and making them put players back in when they're injured? Yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe AB hadn't a point. Maybe mm. you know, maybe there's something in there. Although I did hear AB's new single the other day, and it's shockingly bad. Oh, right. yeah, that's surprising. Uh, so that's no, the no, first right. sweep as well in the picks. We've all gone for the Rams uh, to beat the Bucks. The final game of the weekend, Sunday night. Oh, Nelly, it's the repeat of the AFC Championship game from last year. It's the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. This, I think, is going to be a barnstormer of a game. At least I hope it is. In theory, this this and the Ram, uh, the Green Bay 49ers, I think, are my two favourite games this week. Mm. Um, oh, what do you say? Two massive offences, two good defences. He, he, you know, the Bills are coming off a perfect game. 
the Chiefs are coming off a shellacking of the Steelers. <sighs> Who are you going to pick? What's 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 going to be the difference maker? Who had their Super Bowl? last weekend who who had their super bowl last neither of them i don't think either yeah. of them had their super no. bowl last the bills week. beating the patriots in a in a complete that's not a super bowl no, that's not was, it was a perfect it game was, against their it was a perfect game, overlords but... no the, i'm not the knife I, into belichick it didn't have the feeling about it of a <laughs> of a super bowl type performance like the bengal's did but <laughs> i just <laughs> Just say right, let's 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 if 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 what if the bills aren't as perfect as they were last week, then I don't think it matters. As long as they have balance, I don't think it matters. I've got a sneaky feeling that the Bills are gonna win this one. Even yeah. though it's an arrowhead, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I just I just so I, the Bills have a better defense, I think, and I think that defense will see you a long way, especially in away games. So, actually, I think they're better equipped to stop the Chiefs than the Chiefs are to stop them. So, I'm going with the Bills, and not just because they were my preseason pick to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I think the Bills have to run the ball, and they have to wind down the clock, use up as much time as possible. They need to basically get consistent first downs. If they wanted to, if they take it to third down and convert third and short every time and run the ball off with one second left on the clock to wait 40 seconds consistently, I think that's what absolutely what they should do. Um, the problem is Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs at home is, you know, he's got a record of 20 touchdowns and one interception. He's surgical at home in the playoffs. Um, so what, what you're actually saying then is he's due some more interceptions. I hope so. <laughs> Listen really to your AFC so. West hatred. Listen to it flow through I you. really hope so. Do you know what? I want the Bills to score 126 points in the first yeah. quarter. Yeah. That's what I want. I just think the Chiefs win the game. I think they're too good. I think they're too good. I'm sure they are. I'm I really not sure not they expecting are. to be on an island with this pick. I wasn't expecting Dave yeah. to go for the Chiefs. Um. But they've hurt you many times before, so. It's, do you know what it is? I've, I've seen them up close enough times. Yeah. And do you know when you all, you, the Broncos defense is seriously good this season. Mm-hmm. And even then they're able to find ways through. So he's just too good. You can't stop him. It's, it's like watching young Mike Tyson. You can block all you want. One's going to get through. And then as soon as one gets through, another one does. And then another one. And then before you know it, you're on the floor. Yeah, it, it's, I've seen it too many times, and I know you have as well, punk. You've seen it enough oh, yeah, times no, where absolutely. you do it a million times. You I think, just saw it on, how did that happen? on Sunday night. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just, I just don't feel that this this Chiefs team is playing at as high a level as it has done previously. Let, let me ask you: they are susceptible to mistakes. I think they are susceptible to mistakes, and it only takes once once you're in the divisional round, it only takes a two three percent drop off. And you're in trouble. So, you know, the Bills are dropping off from perfect, in my eyes. The Chiefs are dropping off from 95%. So, you know, it's we're talking about, you know, tiny, tiny little margins. And I just just have this feeling about the Bills. I I really do. What if I told you the Bills could lose to the Jags? What? what if I told you the Chiefs could lose to the Raiders? <laughs> well, the Raiders got into the playoffs. 
Oh, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, you know, the Chiefs can go one and four to start the season. There you go. Yeah. You can make stats value anything you like. Well, yeah, absolutely. But apart from the Titans, yeah. Apart from the Titans. Second best. It's the fact that... It's the fact that you can walk away from a game with the Chiefs having played brilliantly on defense and turn around, and look at the scoreboard, and see the drop by, by 30. Yeah. You yeah. lost by 30, and two of the touchdowns were scored by Byron Pringle. And you're like, what yeah. the? How the f did that happen? Yeah. It just, I'm, I'm just talking generally. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's it's every week. Ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I'd, I'd like to say once bitten, twice shy. But I've been bitten by a swarm of bees consistently, so it's just making me <laughs> overwhelmingly uh, yeah. shy. I, I don't want to watch another Super Bowl with the Chiefs, then, so I, I hope the Bills win. Forget about the whole AFC West. Forget about all of that. I don't want to watch. I didn't want to watch the Patriots every year. I don't want to watch the Chiefs every year. I want to watch someone else. I want to watch the Bills Rams. That's what I want to watch. So do I, because that that wins me a lot of money. Mm. <laughs> Well, Titans are in there as well. I mean, they're all good teams now. You know, we can't say that any of these. Oh, there's teams no bad teams anymore. There. There's no bad teams. No. You don't get to the divisional round of the playoffs with a bad team in there. Even even if you're a, a, a team that's backed into and locked into the playoffs, once you're in the divisional round, you're there on merit. Mm. So there you go. That was the wild card review, boys and girls and MBs. So next week we'll be uh, covering off those divisional games. Cannot wait. Cannot wait to see what goes on in those because obviously we've got no skin in the game anymore, so nope. the pressure's off. Absolutely, um, make sure you're following us on social media. Um, we're all on Twitter at Final Down NFL at Punk underscore Raider at Denver Dave 30 uh, to see what's going on over the weekend. And uh, if you can, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com slash final down. Uh, it's four pounds, but you know, we're still putting out uh, new stuff all the time, making videos and maybe some blogs as well by uh, some up-and-coming new writers. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so until next week, guys. I've been Jim. That's been Punk Raider. That's been Denver Dave. Thank you so much for listening. 